Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. A sales staff that is there for you, not just there for the sale. Make sure that they're there to save you money. And a great service department to back it all up with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance, and it's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Today, we've got ESPN College Football Insider Adam Riddenberg at 3.35 today to talk about the new Big Ten commissioner. Talked about that yesterday. Quick aside on that, as far as that goes, that, that just seems like a really good hire for the Big Ten. A guy that worked at CBS, worked at Major League Baseball Network and launching that. He's worked with teams on those types of media deals. He's worked within the realms of the game itself as far as baseball is concerned of being on the competition committee. I just think that all that experience all just comes at a good time for him to step in, Tony Petiti to step in and and take over the the Big Ten commissioner job. I think that's a I think that's a pretty smart hire. I like that a lot for the Big Ten. Just my two cents on that there. So we'll talk to Adam Ritterberg about that at three thirty five today. Tomorrow we got loaded show. We got Kate Scott, the TV voice of the Seventy Sixers on NBC Sports Philadelphia at three fifteen. Sixers and Nets begin their playoff series Saturday at one o'clock in Philly. So we'll preview that with Kate coming up tomorrow at three fifteen. Rich Scarcella from the Reading Eagle at 335. We'll get his take on what he's looking for from the blue-white game on Saturday as well. And then, of course, the King will join us too for our mock headlines of the week. So we got a loaded show coming up tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Now we'll get to some of what's going on for today. And I might as well just get to my rant of the day because it's one of the top stories of the day in sports, and that is Dan Snyder looking like they're near a deal to sell the Washington Commanders to the group led by Joshua Harris, who is co-owner of the Sixers and the Devils. And 
it looks like it's going to be the around a six billion dollar deal to sell the team there's still a couple other bidders in there it was announced yesterday too that Jeff Bezos is not going to pursue the team so it looked like for the last couple of weeks, and we had Mitch Tischler of NBC Sports Washington on with us a couple of weeks ago discussing this, where this, where everything was with the sell, with the sale of the team. Look, it looked like Josh Harris's group has been in front because Magic Johnson also came in as part of a, to be a suitor and be part of the group to make this sale, which is going to be the largest now in NFL history for a franchise, which is going to top the purchase of the Broncos a few years ago by what at a, I think it was 4.6 billion this is going to be 6 billion and as I said before I used this in a previous rant but now this is actually looks like it's going to be done it still has to go in front of the league okay but yeah I'm not happy about this another slap in the face to Philadelphia sports the Philadelphia oh, sports fans it's just an average day come on <laughs> Hey, come on. What the heck? Santa Claus, NFL Man of the Year, Dollar Dog Night. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Yeah, that wasn't the finest moment either, the Dollar Dog Night thing. There there are certain fan bases that are consistent. (laughs) You got to admire the consistency of it. (laughs) Only they can take Dollar Dog Night and destroy it. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Just that that using that as an example, you know that the reputation is out there about your own fan base. Don't do any more things to keep that alive. I hate when Philly fans act out like this now because then this lazy narrative reputation stays alive because you give keep it keep giving people more fuel to the fire here. Just don't do it. Stop. It's a hot dog. Enjoy it. Eat it. At least, at least that's the one thing you'll get good out of it, whether the Phillies win or lose. So it drives me crazy, in fact, when Philly fans act out because it keeps this narrative going. Just like when, the, just like when that kid ate the uh, horse poop during the Super Bowl parade or Super Bowl celebration a couple years ago with the Eagles. Don't do it. No more. We got to help each other out, Philly fans. Don't be stupid. <laughs> That's part B of my rant of the day today, in case you were wondering. What was part A? I was getting to it, which is now it seems like that Josh Harris is actually going to go forward and now own yet another sports franchise and take the Washington yes. Commanders. Need I remind you, he started... Himself, himself in owning sports teams with the Sixers. Then he bought the Devils, rival of the Flyers, who he shares the building with, and now he goes to get the Washington Commanders. Division rival of the football team in which is across the street from his team's arena. And oh, by the way, have the Sixers won a championship under airhead Josh Harris? No! They can't get out of the second round. So how about you spend all your time on the team you first bought and not put your arm in 5,000 different other sports teams now? I'll get to that in a moment. Hey. Mary sent me an email. I did see did this email. Read? Yes, I read it. 
after hearing Matt's comments about allowing Lisa to do something. Makes me happier that... Than ever, I never married. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. Uh, keep up the good work. Maybe someday Matt will grow up. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Oh, you speak for many, Mary. You speak for many. Over here, I just feel like I'm sitting in the choir and Mary's just preaching to me. <laughs> All right. Um, we got what, Kate coming up? That'll be tomorrow. We got Let's Adam Rittenberg today. Rittenberg today. So Kate's on tomorrow. Kate yeah, tomorrow and Scarcella tomorrow. And, uh, and the King. And the King tomorrow, yeah. Full show. Yeah. Cal Ripken Jr. Matthew sent sent one. Cal Ripken Jr. going out there every game, two thousand six hundred thirty-two. He's absolutely right. Yeah, no, he, he's right on. Um, somebody's doing a final paper of their semester, and they wanted to shadow me for what I'm. I don't do anything. I'm lazy. <laughs> oh my Almighty! <laughs> Just sit here and talk, right? Okay, so as for Josh Harris, okay, can we? Right. I don't. I don't even remotely get what your complaint is about this. Like zero. I don't even remotely get it. I, I don't get it. If Stan Kroenke can own the Rams, and Stan Kroenke can own the Bronco or own the um, Nuggets, and can own the Avalanche, and can own the Colorado Rapids, and if John Henry can own Liverpool, and John Henry can own the Red Sox, and John Henry can o- own the Penguins, but I don't see what the difference is. I, I don't. I don't understand even remotely what your complaint is about this. Those two guys you mentioned all have a common denominator with all the teams they own. They've all won. They've all won championships. So obviously he knows how to handle all the teams together. So I guess in that essence, that's fine. But when you have franchises that haven't won championships, that haven't been able to take that next step, the Devils haven't, the Sixers haven't, and now you're going to buy the Commanders who are going to have to start from scratch... I don't know. I don't understand what your complaint is. None. Zero. Okay, you know what the most important thing he does is? Hire the right people and make sure the checks don't bounce. That's my point. He hasn't hired the right people. At least for the Sixers side of things. I can't speak for the Devils. That's what it comes down to. I mean, you look at everything that's happened with Brian Colangelo and that whole debacle... How everything started with the tanking process in general. He's been through, what, three general managers now? Everything's been better with Daryl Morey because he actually has a brain and knows how to work things around the NBA and get stars to come here and play. (sighs) 
I, I, I don't see what your complaint is. I, I really don't. All I'm saying is, if if you're if you have a, if you buy a you franchise saying, first with the uh, Sixers, and you you're failing, that? then don't go to another franchise. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Wait till you're successful third. with one first before you move on to they, the other. Look, he's a multi-billionaire. Yeah, which is shocking. <laughs> well, the only people that own franchises have money. Okay? And he obviously loves sports. So now he's going to have a football team, a basketball team, and a hockey team. It, uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. In any way, shape, or form. You're upset because Washington's in the same division with Philadelphia. So big whoop. Who cares? I don't understand why you even care about that. I don't get it. And I even said something today to somebody. I said, oh, as soon as I saw that he was going to get it, you know, get the team, you know, in combination with a couple of other people, including Magic Johnson, by the way. Um that I I said he's going to complain about it. And I don't understand even remotely why it's, it's even remotely a complaint. I mean, what does he really have to do with what's going on other than being one that provides the money for it? It's not as if he sits back and he tells the Sixers, don't make any moves, uh, we have financial problems. It sounds to me like they have all the financial freedom in the world to do everything within the within the rules of the NBA to get to get personnel. That isn't that if you if you are running owning a team, okay? Because look, I mean, let me give you an example of people who would have an an issue with their ownership, and that's the Pirates. Okay. They don't spend any money. They do nothing to try and improve the team with something dramatic or exciting for their fans. They're pocketing $61 million a year from their TV deal. I mean, and asking yourself, what what are they doing with it? Okay, that's an ownership problem. Okay? The Sixers do not have an ownership problem. And the fact that he bought the, the Commanders, they still don't have an ownership problem. And the fact that he owns the Devils still don't have an ownership problem. Unless he suddenly becomes overextended and says, we can't afford Joel Embiid, I don't understand what your problem is with this. Well, I do worry if it will ever get to that point. I don't think it will, but I don't. I just think you can never know with Josh Harris. That's all. I just, I've, never got, I've never gotten a good vibe with him. Just the way he conducts himself, the way he... he Why? ...is in front of the meet. I, I just, I just get, the, get the sense that this guy just like... And I guess that's fine if you want to do it this way. I don't think that's the proper way to do it. It's not how I would do it. It just seems like he just kind of sits there, has a couple drinks, and just lets everybody do what they have to do and keep things going. Like, I don't think he really... All the franchises, for whatever they are right now, aren't anything because of him. Sure they are. It's his money. How do you think you're keeping Joel Embiid? How do you think you're paying James Harden? 
It's because he hired a finally hired a smart general manager and Daryl Morey, who knows how to yeah, handle but, all these things. But 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 guess what? Daryl Morey is sitting there, and he has the resources from his owner to do it. I'm not saying he's the greatest owner in the history of sports, but geez, he's. I mean, he's not cheap. I, I again, I don't understand even remote, but because it's Washington. You'd have been okay if you bought the had bought the Arizona Cardinals. No, I wouldn't have been okay with that either. I don't care if it was the Cardinals, why the Texans, the Jaguars. I don't care because I want him it's, focusing on the Sixers. It's not your money, and guess what? He's the owner. He's not. He's not Jerry Jones in charge of player personnel. I don't get this at all. I mean, remotely even get it. It's like saying that's the equivalent of saying Steve Jones can only announce Penn State football. Go ahead. You don't want me to, like, also do basketball? Well, that's fine because in that case it's the same school. Uh, But even even with that, you're not the owner. You're not – you're not – you're not Patrick Kraft. You're not – Dr. Ben DePudi, you're Steve Jones. If Dr. if 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 Dr. Kraft or Dr. Ben DePudi were were like the VP of intercollegiate athletics or president of another school or of some other sports property or something like that, then I would have an issue with that too. Because I would want them focusing on Penn State and what's best for Penn State. They do the spikes, too. Yeah, but you're an employer of the group. You're not the owner. Well, I know I'm not the owner. The owner's... I mean, so I'm, as, I'm an employee, as, an, as an employee, you're free to do whatever you want as long as you are in the realms of the company, which obviously you've been. You've been doing that for four decades now. That's fine. But if Dr. Kraft were the VP of operations for the spikes, plus he's doing Penn State, plus he does like another... Power Five school, for an example, then I would have a problem with that. This guy is a multi-billionaire. He's fine. He's got you know. He's making sure everybody has the funds to compete. The Devils are better this year, right? They're Devils better, better, but they're not. Year. They're not a championship contender. Well, it takes a little while to do that. You know, it's, I mean, they were they were a decent team when he first bought them. Then they were awful for a couple of years. Now they're back up to being a, a decent playoff team again. But they're nothing special. The Sixers went through the tank. They finally became a playoff team. Now they're a championship contender. They just need to get over that hump. Now we'll see what he does with the commanders. And his soccer teams haven't done anything special. They're making money, but they're not they're not anything that people consider successful consistently successful winning championships as they like Stan Kroenke. Every one of his teams has won at least a championship in the last five, ten years. Do we have an anger management division at the station? Not that I'm aware of, but, you know, things can change, I guess. 
I think Roger and I need to talk. We'll come back with more in a moment here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I think the, the first step to healing is knowing that you need the help, Matt. Oh, I don't disagree with that. Just angry about so many things. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. I don't see how you can be angry about a guy wanting to buy another team. I just, I don't get it. I, I'm confused. Well, somebody who's never confused, because he's, he's one of the best of the business, that's Adam Rittenberg. Hello, Adam. Great to have you with us. Oh, good to be with you, Steve. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. How about you? Doing great. Yeah, just uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, spending some time with Coach Fickle and uh, his team today and driving home right now, so good timing. Good, yeah, because I, uh, Todd Blackledge was here the other night, and I know he went up and he saw Luke's team, so it'll be a little different, I know that, compared to what they have been doing. Uh, so let's start with uh, Tony Petiti. Uh I really, Adam, honest to goodness, I may be in the business but I only know his resume. I don't know him at all. What was your uh, your reaction on that move to be a Big Ten commissioner? Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, you know, certainly, you know, easy to see why they hired him, given his experience in the media world, you know, with the network, CBS among them, but also his leadership uh, in the MLB organization. And I think it just shows that the president wanted a business person, wanted a media person uh, for this role and how the commissioner role has, has really evolved into this over time. I, I've heard some really good things. I think he's uh, uh, somebody who, you know, the initial uh, impressions with athletic directors and others have been good. Um, there's certainly a desire for more leadership in this conference um, after the last few years. Uh, but uh, but you know, he's a guy that I'm looking forward to getting to know, right, because I, I, I don't know him, um, know some people who, who do, but uh, um, I, I just know that there's a real desire for, I guess, more direct leadership and relationship building and, um, and obviously continue to keep finding ways to keep growing the conference. Uh, I want to get to one of the elements because the TV contract for the Big Ten is done. Okay? Seven years coming up. That's done. But the next TV contract dealing with college is going to be 
the college football playoff. Is this an area where maybe he can play a role on behalf of the Big Ten? Because once the contract comes up, they're talking about multiple partners. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the fact that he's worked for you know three of the networks, you know, most extensively for CBS, but also spent time at NBC and ABC um, is, is is a voice that you're going to listen to in that room. You know, he immediately enters that conversation. You know, with with a lot of direct experience um, with with negotiating these types of deals, and so you know that that's going to be significant. I don't know how much um, you know it's, it's as far as like representing the Big Ten's interests or furthering the Big Ten's interests, but I think as a resource, he's certainly going to be a valuable one for uh, all those other commissioners and the others who are ultimately you know signing off on on that that next uh, media deal. What have you heard, if anything, about how the integration process is going for USC and UCLA? Yeah, I know that the Big Ten was was being as proactive as they can, um, you know, doing those things. Uh, certainly, it's something that's going to ramp up here over the summer. You know, as soon as Kevin Warren uh, announced that he was leaving for the Bears, I, I think there was a desire to get a commissioner in soon to continue to facilitate. You know those those, those transitions, uh, or the overall transition, I should say. So, um, you know, but, but it, I, you know, talking to people around the league, I think while there's certainly continued discussion about expansion and further expansion to the West, I think the the top priority is to uh, you know integrate the, these two uh, programs in football-wise. That means a new schedule, the elimination of divisions, which is all but but but, but set to happen very very soon, and then there's all the other layers of the integration that will happen in the coming months. And then there's the, right now, the 10,000-pound animal in the room, and that's a no-pack-12 contract, pack-10 contract right now. Uh, Have you heard, I mean, everybody hears stuff on that front. What, if anything, have you heard on the pack-10, pack-12 front, Adam? Well, again, I, I, I'm one of those that thought they'd have a deal by now. Um, it's been slower yeah. than I think anyone expected, including the people involved. Uh, I, another commissioner told me a few months ago, you, you, you sometimes get to a stage of, of deal fatigue when you haven't reached a deal. There's almost this uh, kind of a malaise that sets in. And, and it's obviously a complicated deal because you don't have a, a bunch of traditional partners that are you know banging down the door hoping to get Pac-12 rights. You have Amazon and Apple, which are new players, you know, to 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 this market, to this arena, and you know their negotiating timelines are, are different than than maybe a traditional uh, network or ESPN or someone like that. So it's slow going, and the, the, the slower it goes, the more uncertainty I think sets in around the Pac-12 as to when are we going to have a deal? When are we going to know? Um, and now you have a Big Ten commissioner in place. Now I don't think Tony Petini is going to come in immediately talking about uh, you know adding more schools to the Pac-12. But you know, now the, the the lack of stability in the Big Ten that might have held up another expansion push is is coming to an end. And the Big Ten knows who its leader is going to be. There's certainly a sense around the Big Ten that they're not done expanding. It's just a question of when. So if you're the Pac-12. You you know, there's been urgency the whole time, but there's even more urgency now to get something done. Because the, because the deal with the TV deal, to me, is not the part about the money. That, that That's what the schools have to be concerned about. It's about the grant of rights that goes with it, which then prevents the movement that we're talking about here. 
Right, and I think that's where there's an expectation that, you know, if the Pac-12 gets a grant of rights, it's not going to be a long-term grant of rights. You're not talking right. about a, a 15 or, you know, the ACC's deal, which, which certainly is hamstrung some of those schools that might be interested in leaving for other conferences. So we're talking about a, a four-, five-, six-year grant of rights that would create, you know, a, a period of relative stability, um, but before, I think, the end next round of expansion, whether that's more schools to the Big Ten, whether that's a group of schools branching off and, and, and forming a Super League, which has been discussed, um, at least informally, uh, that, that, that would be a few years away. So I think the, the length of the grant of rights is going to be significant, but, but I don't think anyone's expecting it to be particularly long. Uh, you've uh, been going around seeing some schools. You mentioned you just went to Wisconsin. What the, I mean, it's the spring, but what kind of general impressions are you getting? Well, Wisconsin was different because I, I saw a full practice pretty much, and it, it, this new offense, Steve, it, it's going to shock people. Um, you know, I, I, I asked Tanner Mordecai, who's going to be their starting quarterback, how many snaps under center he's taken you know, during team portion all spring. He said one. So this is not an under center offense. This is a spread offense. Air raid, they're throwing it around. They have a lot of receivers in the mix. You know, Braylon Allen is still out there, and you know, he's excited to run against you know, lighter boxes than, than he's used to seeing. But it is jarring to see Wisconsin, you know, snapping the ball. There's a play caught going at Camp Randall today. They're snapping it with 23 seconds to, uh, on, on the clock, 22, not not two and three. I was joking with you know your your colleague, uh, you know uh, Matt, Matt LePay, who calls yeah. Wisconsin games, that he's going to have to speed up his broadcast. There's not going to be a whole lot for the analysts in between plays because they go really fast. And Bill Longo, who's the new coordinator coming in from North Carolina, you know he is a unapologetically air raid guy, and was talking to me about how. You know, uh, he spoke to Mike Leach shortly before Mike passed, and Mike was really excited that the air raid was coming to the Big Ten you know, with, with Phil coming there because uh, it had really touched almost every other conference. But now it's coming to the Big Ten and, and of all places at Wisconsin. And so it's certainly a different feel uh, up there with the transfers and the offense. It's certainly Luke Fickle, a guy that a lot of us thought would be either at Cincinnati or leading a different program. He's he's uh, he's pretty fired up to be the Badgers head coach. Yeah, and that and that's a big part of it to me. Getting longer to leave North Carolina, and look, you're talking about he was leaving Drake May uh, to to make this move. Uh, what were your thoughts when they were able to land him to then implement this vision that Luke Fickle has? Right. So so Luke Fickle almost hired Phil when he got the Cincinnati job. Um, right. Phil was saying he was he was you know they they they, they created a friendship and. Um, he was about to, or he would have considered it, but Ole Miss had offered him the offensive coordinator job, more money, more stability. So he went to Ole Miss, but he stayed in touch with Fickle over the years and, and, and really was not going to leave North Carolina for many OC jobs. But this was one that, that he, he, he thought was a great fit. His wife is from Wisconsin. Uh, he thinks he can run his offense effectively there despite the weather, despite some of the history. And the transfers that have flocked to Madison uh, in those first few weeks after he was hired are indicative of, of the attractiveness of this offense. If Tanner Mordecai told me that Phil Longo was really the reason he came to Wisconsin, that he wanted to play for a guy like that at a school like this. They added two other transfer quarterbacks, several receivers, um, offensive line. Some of those guys did come from Cincinnati, but they were following Fickle. But I think the, the, the prospect of playing in an offense that features the quarterback, that features the receiver, that, 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 that wants to run a lot of plays in games, 
was, was very appealing to to players, and certainly, uh, you know, was was appealing to Luke Fickle to bring in a guy like Phil. The first first down they get with the air raid will bring with it a standing ovation at Camp Randall. It also means that that Mike Lucas, Matt's analyst, won't be saying as much. <laughs> so, nope. <laughs> no, he won't. Thank, no, he will not. You know what? Hey, guess what? It's okay to play modern football. Nothing wrong with it. There's not. I completely agree. And and uh, I think the Big Ten has to modernize offensively, Steve, to compete oh better goodness. on the national no stage. Doubt. I mean, I, I threw this out to Luke. He didn't necessarily agree with me completely, but I, I really believe that the Big Ten uh, defenses are, are done a bit of a disservice as far as competing nationally, because there's not enough of not enough offenses like the one Wisconsin's going to run this year. Ohio State has run that. Uh, Maryland has a pretty dynamic offense. Purdue's bringing an air raid scheme in with Graham Harrell. I just don't know if the defenses in the Big Ten are prepared for the CFP by the offenses in this league. I, I wonder if that's going to change with some of the new coaches, coordinators, and schemes that are coming into the conference. Uh thoroughly agree with that and on both a football front and a basketball front I mean and because yeah. I feel like on the basketball front to me somebody asked me mm, at the end of the Big Ten tournament what you know the Big Ten had eight teams in the NCAAs I, they said how many think will you know how, as far as people go I said the two that can have the potential to go the farthest are Michigan State and Penn State, I said, because they play differently than everybody else. I said, everybody else plays in a box, and they've got to get this conference out of a box. No doubt. And, and, and you wonder if some of the coaching changes will, will, will help that or, or the players coming in. But you know, I, I do think that there has to be an embracing of, of, of a different style, a style that's going to work more effectively in, in March. You know, there's, there's some yeah. other things that, that, that to, to the game that might change. I was talking with you know, John Crispin, and I'm sure you know, has some ideas on how college yes. basketball should change, going to quarters, going to 24-second shot clock. I think it could be yep. good uh, because I, I just don't think the Big Ten way and, and being that physical and beating each other up for uh, January and February and part of March, it's just not translating uh, into the NCAA tournament. And, and that's that's ultimately where you're judged. Fair or not, that's how you're judged as a conference. And it's the same thing with football, as you pointed out. You know, open it up. Guess what? Now you do. You actually give yourself a better shot at winning. So, hey, Adam, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Safe trip in that car, okay? Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Steve. You bet, Adam. Adam Rittenberg. Boy, reading all these great Josh Harris articles. God. Boy, people love him. No good! No good! No good! Gets up at 5 a.m. to work out. Works till midnight. Wow. Puts in a lot of time. Hmm. Now, he did embrace the process. Not smart. Um, but, I mean, that's, you know, this is the kind of guy he is. He's like work, work, work all the time. Donates a lot of money. Oh, I forgot. Philadelphia doesn't really embrace that based on the 
Dak Prescott booing at the Super Bowl. Former college wrestler. Fifty-eight years of age. Here's a quote from one of the former owners of the Milwaukee Bucks. Josh is smart, very smart, very focused, and has a huge desire to win. My goodness, this doesn't quite sound like the guy you've been hating on here today. Think what he brings to every team is very much a focus of what needs to be done and how to do it. He's very honest about things. He may tell you things you don't want to hear, which is fine. I always ask Josh for advice. He has a different way of looking at things. I always find his way of looking at things to be very helpful. Mark Cuban. Josh is super smart, knows sports, and sports finance better than just about anyone out there. Yeah, Mark Cuban, because that's a great endorsement to have. Yeah, well, Mark Cuban has a world championship team. Um, In my dealing with him, he's always been fair. And in working with him on the Board of Governors and Committees, he's a great partner that will put the betterment of the NBA ahead of any agenda of his team. How about get the team to the conference finals first? Then we can talk about that. The Sixers have been a luxury tax-paying team in recent seasons. Meaning Harris and other governors whose teams exceeded the luxury tax threshold had to reimburse owners of other teams. So he's been paying money. He's been doing like he's he's kept the checkbook open to do what they can to win. Hmm. Wow, this doesn't sound like anything like the slacker you portrayed him to be. My goodness. Hmm. When it came time to draft, they brought up, do we draft Jabari Parker or do we draft Joel Embiid? And Josh and I talked a lot about it. He said, I think Embiid's the better player. He said, we'll have to wait for a year. And he said, fine. He says, he says we'll wait for him. Hmm. Wow. One of few hmm. good decisions made. How about that? Hmm. Well, I sent him an email, and I asked him about some of the decisions you've made. Still waiting for a response. <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells powder. Put some interesting feedback in there. Just trying to get a thought about what, what he thought. About some of the decisions you've made. No? That's not what you wanted? Bring it. <laughs> Bring it. First of all, you're working on a on a talk show with Steve Jones. Well, I guess there's some success to that, right? Back me up on this. Of course. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right. We'll come back with more in a moment. I had the gall to buy a team in the NFC East. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. No, señor! No, señor! No, señor! 